Let's turn to Genesis 6, 13 through 15, if you will. And we'll, then we'll read a few more verses. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, room that thou shalt, room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion, this is the way it's supposed to be done, which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. He went on some next verses or two. He said, A window shalt thou make to the ark, the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side. Now let's pick up at Genesis 6.21. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Can you imagine the many days that the ark was going to be floating? How much food it would take for all them animals and all those people? 17. And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth. 7 and 23 said, And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. That's very important. Verse 24, And the waters prevailed upon the earth in 150 days. I'm going to preach to you for a little while about the stink is better than the storm. I've been in some storms stinky places before and I wondered how true that would be but this message will prove that to be so look at somebody and say I don't know all what are you going to say but I'm going to help him tonight you may be seated get in the ark Noah because in seven days it's going to rain 40 days and 40 nights the Bible said the water prevailed 150 days. And how long then was it? How long then was it before they got off the ark? I don't know how many days it would be after the, the waters actually abated and uh, settled good enough they could get off the ark. So they were on it a long time. I tell you what. I'm thinking there'd be some impatient people on that ark with all those animals. And I'm already thinking about where you're going to use the bathroom. I'm already thinking about where you're going to take a shower. 
Think about the, 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 the cafeteria line. And it's got to be bad. Looks to me like it would have been pretty rough. Of course, I know God knew how to do things in order and take care of business properly, but Daddy would say, yet and still, <laughs> whatever that means. And, uh, but to look outside and see many feet of water underneath you and not being able to swim very long, and nothing to hold on to. You wouldn't know where to swim to to get a hold of anything. So I say the stink is better. Do I need to start all over? Are y'all going to? The stink is better than the storm. Hebrews 11, 7 said, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear, you know, the Bible said that Noah walked with God. That's the way God was able to talk to him. He walked with him. He was close enough to him that he could talk to him. By faith, Noah being warned of God. God, Noah built this ark by faith that God was really going to send rain for 40 days and 40 nights. I mean, it'd take a lot of faith to build a a boat that big. Besides, think about it. There had never been a flood before, never been rain like this before. That reminds me, just let me get ahead of myself a little bit. That reminds me. It's like preaching a rapture to this world today. They've never seen a rapture. They've never seen a catching away of old and young baptized believers. So, so Noah had to build this thing by faith that it's really going to come true. There's going to be some waters and this boat's going to float. Right? And the Bible said he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Men... You have a job to save your house. You have a responsibility to live right before them, to be faithful, to prepare an ark for them to be saved in. Isn't that right? By the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Your children living for God in the church condemns the world because it can be done. Children can live for God. And the uh, first Peter said, which sometimes were disobedient, 3.20, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, God waited in Noah's day for this time because this just prior to it, he said, my spirit, the, the, the chapter, I believe, before this Chapter 6 said, My spirit will not always strive with man. Their thoughts were on evil continually. Another type of the times that we're living in right now. Can you say amen? Can you vouch for that? Have you ever seen it as 
bad as it is now. I'm 76 years old. I know I don't look it. <laughs> yes, I do. I feel it too sometimes. But I've never seen it like it is today. And God waited till the days of Noah, it says. God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing wherein a few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Eight souls. The Bible said many are called, but few are chosen. I wonder, I, I got to thinking, I don't know if this is crazy or not. It doesn't matter what you, whether you think I am or not either, I don't guess. But I got to thinking if eight, what would have been the number of people in the world at Noah's day? Right? What would have been, if it had been 300,000 million or 2 million, eight people out of that, what would that percentage be? That was the number of people that were saved in Noah's day. That may be what's going to be a few people. The Bible said it, few be chosen. Now, he went on to say, 21, the light figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not to put away of the flesh, filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know it was water that lifted the ark up. It's going to be water that's, that we get baptized in. The Bible says baptism does now also save us. You can't be saved without being baptized. Hey, I didn't, I didn't write that. Right? The Apostle Peter wrote that, inspired by God. Now, this wasn't a ship, but it was an ark or chest. For it was not made for sailing to distant parts. There was really, the writer said, no occasion for that when there should be no shore to sail to. But it was built to float upon the waters, waiting for the time that it would be lowered back down to the earth. It was designed as a flat bottom, I understand, boat, not to spin around. God knew, God knew how the storm would be, but he designed this boat that it was going to be all right in the storm. Oh, I'd just like to preach there a little bit. Let me tell you something. Let the storms come. Let the winds blow. Let the rains fall. But the church is going to be all right. Yeah. Economy may be bad. Laws they make may get rougher for the church. You may have problems in, in life. But if you stay in the boat, the stink is better than the storm. Hallelujah. This thing was 450, some 450 foot long and 75 foot wide, 45 feet high. That building out yonder is 42 feet in its peak. It was 45 feet high, 75 foot wide. This is 85 foot across here. So it's almost as wide as this was. That's 28 feet, I think. So you can imagine 20 more feet or so above this is how tall this thing was. 450 foot long, that would be a football field and uh, 
another 150 foot. Now, the total deck was 97,700 square feet of space. The new, the new building here that we're moving into is 20,000 square feet, so four times that much. Big, big boat. 20 college basketball courts, I understand, could go into that, that heart. The volume of cubic feet would be 1,500,000. It weighed 14,000 tons. Largest ship built until 1884 A.D., nearly half the length of Queen Mary. Total animal population, 35,000 vertebrates. Average size would be that of a sheep. Mammals, 3,500. Birds, 8,600. Reptiles and amphibians, 5,500. Worms, I don't know why in the world, 25,500 worms. I understand God on that ship. Lord, why would you make all them worms? But they got, and the, you know, a modern train that could handle all of this would be like 150 boxcars. It's sort of like you stop at Potts Camp up there and have to wait to cross the track. Seemed like I've been there the other night. We sat there. We was already out on the old 78 highway. And 150 boxcars, but the ark had a carrying capacity of 520 boxcars. And stink. That's a big stink, wasn't it? Don't you imagine? And he said, pitch it within, without with pitch. It was pitch without to keep out the waters and that they might more easily slide off, the water slide off and it would preserve the ark from being eaten up with worms or hurt with the wind and sun and it was pitched within to take off the ill smell that might arise from the several creatures it had a little help there anyway it was an unsightly big chest of a looking thing it was sitting in their community. When I think of pitch, what color do you think of when you think of pitch? Let me ask you this. Black. This big black, ugly, big chest is pitched with black tar, if you will, sitting in their community by the side of the, 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 the horse-drawn Carrots, chariots, and buggies, and they're walking paths, sitting right there where they could see it. The church to the world might be just a bother to them, but to those that got on the ark, it was their way out of the flood. Oh, everything we do may not be pretty all the time, but I tell you what, it stink is better than the storm. How long do you think it'll take for that thing to be? Bellowing with ranch stench, rank stench from all those animals again and the people in that thing. And the, the world's probably looking at that. But I'm going to tell you something. The Lord adds to the church daily such as should be saved. If you're going to get saved, you have to get in the ark. 
You know, there's something that's bothered me for, for, for many years. When I watch teenagers, children and teenagers raised around the church, when they get old enough to get out of mama's living room and the kitchen, they walk off and leave the church and separate from God. Because all they can see is the black pitch. If they never really got the joy of the Holy Ghost, if they never really get born again for themselves, then they always, all they could see is what they can't do and what they have to do. That's why you don't want to tell a child, you got the Holy Ghost tonight. And I want to be careful with that. That's why you don't want to tell an adult. I heard you. You talked in tongues. You got the Holy Ghost tonight. Brother and sister, if they didn't get it for themselves, they'll know it. You don't have to tell them. Oh, Lord. I didn't plan on getting down here. There was a, a, a great friend of mine up in Indianapolis, pastored a, a great church in Indianapolis. They, uh, uh, he got a call, I guess, a woman in his church was probably 85 years old or so, dying. So he went to the hospital to pray for her and to be with her. And she told him, she said, when I was 20 years old, I came to church and I was seeking for the Holy Ghost and somebody told me I had it. But I didn't have it. I lived for God from 20 years old till now without the Holy Ghost. I paid my tithes. I gave I gave, I gave to church. I did what I was supposed to. I lived for God. I dressed like the church, but I still didn't have the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm about to die, Pastor. And he sought the Lord with that woman and prayed with her that night, and she did not get the Holy Ghost that night. The next morning, she was still alive. He went back up there and prayed for her again. And thank God, God came through. She received the Holy Ghost. She said, that's it. That's it. But there's a lot of people. Let me, let me go another step. I'll take it to home right now. Let me take it right here to Bethlehem. Let me take it right here. I don't know who's guilty. It doesn't matter. It's over. It's done. But Sister Joy Lemons was baptized at 11 years old. I probably baptized her. She was praying for the Holy Ghost along with some more girls at girls' camp. How many remembers girls' camp? Anybody remember girls' camp, boys' camp? Brother Don, you know the story. And somebody told her, you got the Holy Ghost. But Joy knew she didn't get the Holy Ghost. And so she went on out into the world after she after she was raised, all she could see was what she had to do and what she didn't have to do or couldn't do. Went away, played piano, whatever, for another church group somewhere. And sung and did what, and, 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 and was a good girl, but she was not in the church. 49, no, 
Yes, 49 years later, she walked in and sat about where Sarah's sitting right now. Her and Billy. At the end of service, she walked up here, and within five minutes' time, she was talking in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. She said, 51 years without the Holy Ghost. What are you saying? I'm saying, these boys and girls need to pray through and pray through again and get the Holy Ghost and get the Holy Ghost again. Because all they can see is the, is, 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 is the stench. All they can see is the problem. All they can see is difficulty. All they can see is what they don't. They can't do and what they got to do to be saved. Well, but I'm telling you, thank God, the stink is better than the storm. The Jews say that Noah was a prophet. They represented, represented him also as a preacher and even telling us the very words he used in his exhortations to the old world by saying, he said, be ye turned from your evil ways and works, lest the waters of the flood come upon you and cut off all the seed of the children of men. It was preached to them, the wicked people of Noah's day. That's the reason God destroyed it. It's believed that it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. He preached and built it and watched them make fun of him while he was building it. But the church was still being built. And it was being built the way God designed it to be built. I am saying if Noah hadn't built that ark, the, the, the right amount of footage, this way, that way, that way, it wouldn't have floated. And if the church is not preaching what it's supposed to preach, it's not going to float one of these days. Oh, yeah. Perhaps an earthquake may have released vast and pressured Water from the earth's reservoir. The Bible said it this way, 7-11 of Genesis, the same day where all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open. In other words, water came from out of the earth. And in my reading, it said, it said when, the, when the waters burst forth, the dust of the earth began to explode out. I don't know, it don't matter. I, I, the Bible didn't say that, but uh, apparently they had some reason to say it. But I'm saying the waters sprung up from the, from the earth, below the earth's surface, and the heavens were opened. The rain came from the skies. The rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. You talking about a storm like they had never seen before. We were in California at the beginning of the year, and they had what they call that a bomb, a, a bomb cyclone. Wind, the wind was so strong, it was blowing trees down. And now they're having another one out there. California ought to get right with God and change their views about some things. And some more people too, actually. But nevertheless, it happened again. But they, it, no storm, no flood has ever happened like that before nor after. God, he put a rainbow in the sky. <laughs> That's another message. But don't you imagine 
that the ones left on the earth were frightened to death almost when the rain, when the when the waters was coming up from beneath and the waters was coming down from above, having never seen anything like this before. Let me tell you something. You've never seen destruction like God can send if he decides to send it. Somebody said, we're going to build this house so the earthquake won't shake it. I'm saying, if God wants to shake it, it don't matter how you build it. Oh, yeah. Don't you know they were making fun of that big, big black box sitting by the side of the, by the path? And it raining. Now, it started to rain. I remember one night, Sister Wilson and I were coming from uh, Alexandria, Louisiana. Brother Yates, you might help me with that highway. Is that 28 highway going from uh, Alexandria to, what's that ne next town we used to come through? No, not Faraday, the other one up there. It's been so long we've done that. But anyway, I think it's 25, 35 or 28, one or the other. Remember that? Robbie, you know that? You remember the highways over there? You, you from Oklahoma, aren't you? Anyway, we were coming up through there, and it was raining cats and dogs. Quote, unquote. It was awful. Brother Hakeem, I've never, man, it was something. It was, I hardly stop, Brother Brad, when it's raining. I, I don't have time to wait on it to quit raining, I think. And anyway, it, I, it was so bad. So the fact that we stay a little while on the side of the road or in the middle of the road, could hardly see where you were. But it rained and it rained and it rained. And I thought about a song that I heard some good old southern gospel song. It said, it won't rain always. Come on, let me tell you. It may, it may be stormy right now. It may be, you may be having some con conflicts and some difficulties in your life, but it's not going to rain always. Just stay in the boats. If, if it's stinking a little while, for a little while, just stay in the boat. Praise God, because the stink's better than the storm. <laughs> Hallelujah. One, one, one guy said it was raining so hard and so long. Reminded me of this winter rain we had so much of. He said, reckon it's ever going to quit raining? The other guy said, it always has. Yes. But the Bible said, 8 and 1, And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark, and God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters assuaged or ceased, dried up. God remembered Noah like he remembered Abraham and Lot. You remember him remembering Abraham? Uh, Remembering Abraham and Lot and got him out of Sodom's fire and brimstone? He remembered him. God remembered Noah. He remembered Abraham and Lot like he remembered Israel when he, when he remembered his covenant with his people and heard their groanings when they were stuck in Egypt's bondage. He also remembered, he, he remembered Noah like he did the thief on the cross. When the thief said, remember me, and Jesus said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. I'm going to tell you something. And he's going to remember us one of these days when he catches us out of here. 
when he gets the church out of here in the twinkling of an eye. I understand June the 2nd, 1840, a terrific earthquake shook the highest mountain around, and they, uh, and they lent this, I suppose, to Mount Ararat, where the, where the ship, the ark, was, uh, was, was stopped on at. The ship was half buried when they found this on Mount Ararat. Half buried and at, at, at altitude of 13,000 feet. The inside was, had wooden separators, categories and places where different animals, I suppose, would sit, or the kitchen was, or the, or the bathroom was, or whatever. Constructed of hardwood. The outside, this, this writing said, and the inside were covered with heavy varnish or lacquer. But the main door was missing. Well, that's when he opened it up so we could, they could get out of that thing. The pitch, the kaphar, K-A-P-H-A-R. Almost every other instant in the Old Testament, it was translated atonement or to cover with blood. I think that's not strange. This oily pitch protected the ark from the flood judgment. The blood of Christ covers the church from the sin judgment. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're covered in the blood of Jesus? How do you get covered in the blood? Repentance and remission of sins should be preached in my name. Oh, without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin. So when we get baptized in Jesus' name, we get the blood applied to us. You don't get the blood. The, you know, you can talk to the denominal world, and they say, all you got to have is the blood of Jesus. Well, if you got to have the blood, you better get the name because you don't separate the name from the blood or the blood from the name. Hallelujah. I'm talking about getting in the ark. Every positive thing the world has to offer will not compare even to the worst negative of the church. The worst negative. The, 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 the worst day in the church is better than the best, the, the best day in the world. People seek to justify their lifestyle and compare the church to the world. Yes, they got pleasures and they're, they're sin for a season. But the Bible said, Psalm 16, 11, Thou will show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore and again I say never been a flood it was hard to get people to believe never been a rapture hard to get people to believe what about all the refuse what about all the waste what about all of the problems that we may occur and have in our lives Whatever you got to do, stay in the church because that's the only way you're going to be saved. That's the only way you're going to be saved. That's the only way you're going to be saved. Look what I got to give up. My God, compared to what you get, what a question, my Lord. It doesn't even compare. doesn't even compare to what you get. You don't give up anything but what God don't give you so much more. 
and better. Whatever you have to do, sir, whatever you got to do, ma'am, you got to make it. You got to make it. You got to stay in church. He that endured to the end, the same shall be saved. Brother Noel was preaching it, don't you imagine? If you're going to remain alive, you better get in that big ark. Oh, yes. I just know one thing. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Oh, yes, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run this race when we see Christ. Sing it for us. We'll be worth it all when we
2 Corinthians 4, 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What's this? What's this? What's this comparison? He called it our light affliction. And he said, it's just for a moment. It's light, but it's for a moment. Worketh for us a far, what? Far more exceeding. He didn't just have one adjective or adverb. He said, come on, help me with your hand. Put your hand out like this. It's far more, come on, come on, raise your hand. Exceeding, eternal. It's not for a moment, but it's eternal. It's not light, but it's a weight of glory. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's going to be another day, folks. I don't know what about you, but I'm living for tomorrow. It's going to be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. Put that down in your book. That's my saying. I don't know where I got it, but I like it. It's going to be all right in the end. Look at somebody and say, it's going to be all right in the end. If it's not all right, it's not the end. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sister Pat and I used to sing an old song. It will be worth every mile of the trip. Like a happy pilgrim who's arrived on shore and forgotten how the waves tossed the ship. If I could see Jesus smile, see him well, say him. Here and say, well done, child. It'll be worth every mile of the trip. Like a happy pilgrim who's arrived on shore and forgotten how the waves tossed this ship. If I could see Jesus smile, hear and say, well done, child. It'll be worth every mile of the trip. Like a happy pilgrim who's landed on shore and forgotten how the waves tossed its ship. If I could see Jesus smile, hear him say, Well done, child, it'll be worth every mile of the trip. Well, I've been over the mountains and I've walked through the valleys and I've troubled. I've had my faith, but heaven's eternal at the end of my journey. It'll be worth every mile of the trip. Singing out like a happy pilgrim who's landed on shore and forgotten how the waves tossed its ship. If I could see Jesus smile, hear him say, well done, child. It'll be worth every mile of the trip. Well, I've stood at the bedside of a Christian departing and have heard these last words from his lips. I see the crystal streams flowing. I see the gentle breeze blowing and it's worth every mile of the trip. Like a happy 
forgotten how the waves lost its ship. If I could see Jesus smile, hear him say, well done, child, it'll be worth every mile. One more time. Like a happy pilgrim who's landed on shore. Hear him say, well done, child. It'll be worth every mile, every mile of the trip. Praise God. Praise God. Hang on. It's going to be all right in the end. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.